This is a Dynamic Network podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome back to Max Destruction Podcast. I am Ken, the sole proprietor and the one that actually decides who lives and who dies in this podcast. But to maintain some semblance of hope for you audience members and really the world as it is, I have with me my co-host, Dustin. What's up, everybody? That's right, folks. He is here solely so that you all think that you have a fighting chance against me. This is my universe. You all just live in it. Uh, Dustin, how's your week going, man? It was, it's been going pretty good. Um, busy with work, busy with life, but can't really complain. Uh, neither can I, other than uh, just found out that my daughter's uh, goldfish just died. So that... Uh, that's definitely put a hamper on this boat. I think my character is going to have to fight and win in the name of Mr. Goldfish. He's uh, he's 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 going to be remembered. R.I.P. Goldfish. Uh, so with that depressing note out of the way, uh, we've got an excellent episode. It's it's definitely two of our favorite characters. I think we just you know established that when we came up with this fight, uh, not knowing the other ones that was that into the character. So I think it's going to be really cool. So for the purposes of this match, I think the way that we do our matchups is going to be infinitely more important. Uh, be so sold on both of these characters, and we'll get into that after we do our weekly audience matchup or as like, or as we like to call it now, wham, that's W a N and an exclamation point or three exclamation points, depending on who's doing it. When Ken's got it, it's going to be wham, you know, with extra exclamation points. When Dustin does it, it's wham, you know, he's, he's there, but he's not, not really excited. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Dustin had it last week, guys. So for this week's Wham, uh, Dustin, go ahead and drop who you had uh, put out there for our audience to make the matchup. Yeah, so I went with Dracula from the Van Helsing movie, which um, is a very big Wham, if I uh, could say so. And we got some awesome answers and uh, some some crossover, I feel like, because I, I don't know if it's because I instilled in your brains Kate Beckinsale but we got two answers from Underworld. So we had Michael Corbin from Underworld. We also had Celine from Underworld. Both amazing options. Although I think Michael might be overpowered because he's like the hybrid, which would be flipping insane. Um, we also had Vlad from Dracula, Untold, Frog Brothers from The Lost Boys, and King from Blade Trinity, which is Ryan Reynolds' character and just freaking hilarious. So I love all of those answers. Right. Oh, so and, <laughs> I was going to no, 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 no. the last one. Oh, no, I, I will handle the last one. Uh, okay. So normally we let the person that did the audience matchup character, you know, display who he believes is worthy of this matchup from our audience. However, we had one that was just coup de gras. So I'm taking this completely out of your hands, Dustin. Uh, 
Joseph Garcia, also known as Marvelous Joe, decided to grace upon us his answer of Edward from Twilight. That's right, folks. Give him a hand. He dropped Sparkly Boy upon us for this episode. <laughs> so it doesn't really matter who we think should win. I do believe, Dustin, that means we have to put old Rob Pat himself and probably, you know, Stoneface Bella, you know, as a sidekick up against your Dracula, uh, only to make it fair. So congratulations, Joseph. You are now in infamy for the worst answer ever given. So take a bow, my friend. Bow. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, but as, as far as the rest of the answers, I mean, they're all solid. Uh, so for Dracula, it's really tough because there's been so many iterations of that character. Uh, I mean, Bela Lugosi to Gary Oldman to uh, Gerard Butler played him once in Dracula 2000. That's right. I watched that piece oh, wow. of shit. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it, it spans a lifetime, right? Uh, and to be able to pick one who was pretty OP. I mean, Dracula was pretty OP in Van Helsing being like the titular character's foe. Um, and the fact that he was kind of a hybrid on his own. Honestly, for for this fight, I would probably take Michael from Underworld. I'd yeah. like to see what would happen with these two hybrid esque type characters uh, and see what happens. Uh, so that, folks, means that this week's episode of there's no H. It's with two exclamation points uh, will be my audience matchup, and I will drop that later on the episode. But before we get to that, because I know you're all waiting for it, because I am. Let's get into this fight. Dustin, who are we fighting this match? So you got some random old dude in a fedora. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Last time I'll make that joke. Um, not promising. Indiana Jones versus the soon to be Victor, the man who can drink all the rum, Captain Jack Sparrow. Yes. And folks, don't worry. I don't think Jack is going to have multiple sea turtles that he fashions together as a raft using nothing but his hair from his back to be able to swim his ass away from whatever ass beating is going to be coming from the man that beat the Nazis more time than America did it. Indiana Jones. All right. That's right. We are back to back World War champions. But Indiana Jones is like back to back to back to back to back to back like like if Alabama football decided it wanted to start saving the world, that's where it's at as far as how many times Indiana Jones has won uh, the world. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Obviously, I think you can tell that there might be a little bit of bias on, on both of our sides. Uh, so we'll hit that when we get into the character breakdowns, which in our parents means the tale of the coconut boy, butter. All right, guys, so the Tale of Coconut Butter, right? It is literally our of the Tale of the Tape from UFC. Uh, but because the 80s and the 90s were just chock full of dudes that were just so dripping, wet, muscular dudes running around in the jungle that they had to use coconut butter. Uh, and that just kind of transitioned to really just the rock. 
like the rock now just owns all of the coconut butter uh, in the world uh, and requires it to be able to move. Like he doesn't walk, he slides. Uh, but for us, what we like to do is we like to take our characters and break them down as far as height, weight, uh, rank, if they have it, a little bit of a character breakdown, the equipment and uh, abilities they're going to be bringing to this match. Now, Dustin, if I remember correctly, you went last last time. Sure. So that would mean you would go first this time. Why don't you go ahead and yeah. break down how your shit drunk pirate is going to go in this fight? Okay, first off, um, I don't think Indiana Jones has died and come back the amount of times that Captain Jack Sparrow is, but I digress. All right. So, Captain Jack Sparrow. The rank is in the name. It is Captain Jack Sparrow. He is from the amazing film series Pirates of the Caribbean, played by the absolutely phenomenal Johnny Depp at five foot 10, 172 pounds. He is bringing, should I say, randomness, randomness and like kind of that like Looney Tune luck to this fight. And that's how he's going to win. Now I'll kind of briefly go through as briefly as I can since I love these movies. But starting with the very first movie back in all the way back in 2003, I say all the way back because I think I was like 11 at the time. Yeah, all the way back. It's so long ago is Pirates of the Caribbean, the Black Pearl. Now, in that movie, it is the first time we are introduced to the character of Jack. He shows up on a sinking tiny little ship, doesn't have a crew, doesn't have a ship, but he claims he's a captain. Kind of odd. He's running from the British and runs into... Orlando Bloom's character where they have a little sword fight he gets captured and that's where things start to get like really cool and really freaking crazy because later that night called to this like medallion because it touched the water these pirates show up and they're looking for this special treasure and the person who has it which is Orlando Bloom's character in the movie he uh his name is Will Turner his dad was bootstrap Bill Turner and they stole this gold and for every piece that they stole they have to return because they are forever cursed because they took this treasure they um they basically zombies they uh they can't die and which would sound really freaking cool except for the fact that they can't eat they everything tastes like ash like they have no joy no feeling they don't feel the sun on their face like these guys are very angry pirates with a really funny monkey called Jack. Um, they come in, they destroy the town looking for Jack Sparrow or looking for the amulet. They mistaken a girl named Elizabeth Swan as being Bill Turner's child because she has the amulet and she claims her last name is Turner. For reasons uh, unknown, honestly, she just randomly is like, oh, my last name is Turner. I think it was because she thought she they were kidnapping the governor's daughter, whatever. They take her and off goes Will Turner, breaking Jack out of prison to go and try to rescue his bride. Now, Jack is a stumbling, bumbling buffoon. And in the first movie, he only has one bullet in his gun, which sounds completely pathetic and useless. He has his cutlass sword, which he has throughout all the movies. And he just he seems like the dumbest guy on Earth. But I I think he's might secretly also be a genius. So they team up, they go, they get a pirate crew together. 
and it goes searching for uh, the Black Pearl. The Black Pearl being the ship that the pirates came in on, which was Jack's ship. Those zombie pirates was Jack's old crew that had a mutiny, and Captain Barbosa dropped him off on an island where he fashioned together, as uh, Ken likes to put it, sea turtles using the hair on his back. No, not really. He finally admits that it was like a fishing boat later on in the movie, but it's a cool story. He betrays Will and uh, basically hands him over to the pirates, and he he's constantly betraying everybody, and it's just kind of a running gag. End of the movie, they basically get what they want. He gets his ship back. Barbosa, I'm pretty sure, dies, quote-unquote, because no one seems to freaking die in these movies ever. And then we get into the next movie. And each movie just progressively gets more and more insane. So the next movie is Dead Man's Chest, and that is with Davy Jones and his ship. And Davy Jones is this character who basically is charged by the goddess of the sea to carry uh, people who die at sea to the afterlife. But he gets angry and hurt and decides he doesn't want to do it because he was actually in love with her and her name was Calypso. And he becomes this like really crazy looking octopus man. So now you got Jack fighting, flipping people that are half human, half sea creatures, half undead. Like I, you, I they breathe underwater. They do all the things. And uh, he also has to fight the Kraken, which unfortunately doesn't go well for him. Um, but that's more to do with the fact that Elizabeth is a backstabbing. I'm going to leave it at that before things get salty. Anyway. Ah, the salty. Next- I see what he did there. <laughs> Good. Uh, the famous, his most famous line comes from this movie too, which is I have a jar of dirt. And I love that part. Um, Jack's running ability is phenomenal. He just flails his arm and run. And somehow that makes him faster than anyone trying to chase him down. I don't get it, but you know, whatever. So now we get into the third movie and the third movie is called at world's end. Now this one was really cool. It was basically an entire pirate war against Davy Jones. Well, no, not even it was against Davy Jones. There's a three-way fight between all the pirates, Davy Jones, and kind of like the, English like government. They all came uh, into one area called Pirates Cove and they had a giant freaking war. At the end of it, Jack sails away on his ship. Or, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to get mixed up. I've watched all these movies recently and it's blending in together into one movie for me. But anyways, uh, Will Turner becomes the new Davy Jones, basically. Uh, That's the only way to kill Davy Jones is you have to replace him by cutting out your own heart. So he does that, which puts him where he can't be with Elizabeth all that much. And then in the next movie, we actually don't see Will Turner in them. It's all Jack. It's all Jack and Barbosa. So the next one is called On Stranger Tides, and this is where Jack goes to find the Fountain of Youth. And he is being chased down by this other pirate that, um, uh, well, he's being chased down by Barbosa. Man, I'm getting so mixed up and I am sorry, folks. I just am trying to talk too la- like fast to get through as much as possible. But he's, he's running from Blackbeard, who has the Queen Anne's revenge ship, which is freaking cool. He can like control the ship with his mind or some crap or with his sword. I don't even know. 
but like ropes fly out and grab you, toss you overboard, whatever. Jack outsmarts everybody all the time. I don't even know how he does it. He's a like a womanizer. He's an idiot. He's a massive drunk, but he outsmarts everybody. He when he first gets captured and brought to Barbosa, who now works for England, he like simply just escapes a whole compound full of soldiers and Barbosa, and he's like acts like it's no big deal. Because it's not, because it's Captain Jack Sparrow. He's always going to throw you for a loop. He's always going to turn the tables on you, and he's always going to win the day, even though he probably shouldn't, because it's not like he's a good guy. Last movie is Dead Men Tell No Tells, and this one gets really creepy. It, it become, it's uh, based off of when he was younger, he tricked a, uh, I think it was also a British like naval captain, into sailing into this area where no one ever returns it's a cursed area the sun never shines no one can ever escape and that is where he is left to die and spend the rest of his days his like face is deteriorating half his crew is like half invisible because they're all just like dying and decaying and disappearing and this is a hunt for the trident of poseidon you got will turner's son who wants to find it to save his dad and all this stuff it is an awesome awesome movie all these are they're way better than fedora man and i just feel like jack is going to win this fight pure off of like luck what seems like not strategy but strategy and um maybe with a little help from some rum and that is captain jack sparrow his only weapons are his pistol which he now has more than one bullet granted the loading time is pretty long and his cutlass sword Yeah, so I would say that that bio probably fit very nicely with Jack Sparrow because nobody understands what he's doing or saying 99% of the time. Um, However, I would would also say that it's probably not his genius that you're, you're hitting on. It's just everybody else is so goddamn dumb in that movie. But I blame... Syphilis, really, because at that time, that's probably what was going on. Just a lot of syphilis. Uh, Pirates are not notoriously uh, safe when it came to uh, nocturnal activities, we'll say. Uh, And also the fact that, yeah, he's a pirate, so he's kind of a dick all the time. Uh, So that for those reasons and those reasons alone, he should just like step aside. But it's okay because the chosen one, Indiana Jones, is going to swing in on his whip and just lay the smack down on this pirate. So let me go ahead and break Indiana Jones' talk. Dr. Henry Walton Jones Jr. was an American archaeologist most famously known as Indiana Jones or Indy. During World War I, uh, he used the name Henry Defense and went by a number of aliases throughout his life. Uh, he was married at least twice. He fathered a son and a daughter and had several grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Throughout his career, Jones found numerous uh, famous mythological relics such as the Shankara stones, the Ark of the Covenant, and the Holy Grail. And science-bending artifacts like the Crystal Skull of Akatar and that, uh, and the Dial of Destiny, which would place him in conflict with many groups across the globe. Uh, he was born July 1st, uh, 1899 in Princeton, New Jersey. Uh, his father, Henry Sr., who was also an archaeologist, but really more of a fanatic when it came to grail lore, uh, and his mother, who was a teacher. Uh, he uh, Henry was always on the move, always on the go, doing 
you know, whatever he could to learn everything that he could uh, and took uh, young Henry and his wife uh, along for the ride. Uh, He was most famously played by Harrison Ford. Uh, There have been a couple of other actors to play him. Uh, However, one of them was in the young Indiana Jones uh, Chronicles, who was also in Boondock Saints, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, And then whoever is currently playing him in Disney's Indiana Jones Spectacular. That's pretty much it. Other than that, Indy has always been Harrison Ford. Uh, He was six foot and we'll say 185 uh, during this time. Uh, Indiana Jones is a master archaeologist. Uh, he has got tenure at Princeton University uh, and also has taught at pretty much every uh, major academic forum to include Yale and Oxford. But that's that's all his his day job. Uh, he's a professor that uh, is 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 moderately decent looking, you know, as Harrison Ford goes back in the seventies and eighties. Uh, so uh, he's he's a bit of a uh, a flirt, we'll say. Uh, but during the his uh, off duty hours is when the real archaeologist comes in. Now, some would say archaeology is the study of of old things, right, and old cultures. Indiana Jones studies it, but most of the time he's he's a grave robber. I mean, really, that's what he is a, a pirate in his own way. Uh, he likes to go into uh, archaeological sites, find interesting relics and bring them back uh, to either sell or donate to museums. Uh, this actually is what led him to uh, getting his uh signature fedora uh from grave robbers uh when he recovered the cross of coronado uh from the grave robbers now indy has been on hundreds if not thousands of adventures uh most notably in in his films uh raiders of the lost ark when he has to go and get the ark of the covenant from the nazi the second film, uh, Temple of Doom, he actually uh, unfortunately um, cra- uh, crash lands uh, in India area uh, where he is then forced to go and get the Shankara stones uh, from a death cult uh, that also coincidentally kidnapped a whole bunch of kids from a uh, village. Uh, and you know the one thing you don't do with Indiana Jones? You don't mess with kids. You mess with kids, you're going to get everything that's coming to you, plus more, uh, likely getting thrown off a giant wood bridge uh, into the waiting jaws of uh, alligators, crocodiles, and anything and everything he can think of. Uh, The final movie of the original trilogy, which is definitely my personal favorite, uh, The Last Crusade, brings Indy with his father uh, into a quest to recover the Holy Grail. Now, the Nazis want the Holy Grail, of course, so that they can be all-powerful, immortal, uh, and be able to spread their darkness. Henry and Indy want it, so, well, really, to keep it away from the Nazis. But by the end, when Indy realizes that the Grail is not just a, a powerful object, but is a symbol for everyone, and... Those only those with the purest of heart can actually take a drink from the Holy Grail, thus granting them immortality as long as they stay technically within the bounds of the temple. Uh, but we'll go into that a little bit later, as we think there's very high possibility granted him immortality while he was there, but likely granted him, say, 
strength beyond what he should have as a normal human being. Now, Indiana Jones went on from that adventure to uh, tons of other things uh, to include going and finding an actual alien skull. We are not going to talk about Dial of Destiny because no one really cared. uh, And we're not going to say that that was actually a film. However, Indiana Jones brings with him years upon years upon years of field experience, technical know-how, and also the fact that he has fought in two wars uh, as a member of the OSS uh, and also MI6 at some times uh, has contacts throughout the entirety of the world and is probably the greatest hand-to-hand combatant there is taking on multiple people at once with nothing but his whip and his hat. Uh, and that's all he needs, right? Uh, so for this match, though, Indy also is going to be bringing his Webley 45, uh, which is a breach action revolver, uh, and he is going to have it unlike like in the second film, uh, which I think is going to bode very ill for Jack, considering in the first film, giant dude with a sword just started swinging his sword, and he's going to come at him, and Indy just shot him. Uh, and he doesn't have to worry about it being flintlock. He can just reload. Uh, but, you know, to keep things even, I'll just say Indiana Jones has three rounds in his Webley. All right. Uh, he has his kangaroo leather bullwhip. Uh, which is 12 foot long, uh, and he can use it with alacrity of not only offense, defense, but also uh, movement. Uh, So Indy will snare, swing, and move about the entire world if you just allowed him enough time and his bullwhip. Uh, And of course, he'll have his signature fedora, which has gotten him through more scrapes than anything else. Now, as far as abilities-wise, again, he drank from the cup of Christ, the Holy Grail. And in the film, it says, you know, he can't leave the temple or else the, the Grail's effects won't work. However, let me go ahead and point you to the fact that Indiana Jones survived a nuclear explosion by getting into a refrigerator. Okay? A God-blessed refrigerator got blown up from a nuclear bomb and he rolled out without a scratch on him. Okay. I have a feeling that Indy might have a little bit of rejuvenative capabilities within himself because he did that as a 65 year old man and was still able to roll out and beat the hell out of the commies because at that time the Nazis weren't around. So it was all the communists and Indy is a red blooded American and loves freedom. So that is why it doesn't matter what Jack is going to do and thinking he's going to be able to outwit and outmatch Indy in some way. Indy is smarter than everybody in the Pirates movies combined. So he's just going to be able to outthink Jack and then probably shoot him. And that's how Indy's going to win this match. Okay, not going to lie. I am a little worried about the revolver and I already knew going in. And he probably had something like that. But I just want to say, I did not know this, and I'm going to share with the audience. Um, I made the joke that he has kind of like a Looney Tune style, like of winning somehow, Jack Sparrow does. And I looked it up while I was, uh, you know, at the start of your bio. Turns out he was based off of the Rolling Stones guitarist Keith Richards and Looney Tune characters, specifically Bugs Bunny and Pepe Le Pew. So you are fighting a man that is based off of a awesome guitarist, a flipping bunny and a skunk that 
don't die and always find a way to win. And that's what Jack's going to do. He's going to always find a way to win. I also feel like you could have just stopped at Keith Richards because he's going to outlive everybody and everyone knows it. I mean, the man exactly. gets his blood filtered every year in Sweden. Okay. Indy, uh, Indy's and not poor. You, you think so, but uh, Indy, Indy's got this, I have a feeling. So we like to take these two characters, and again, in our simulations, we take pieces of them, data points such as strength, uh, movement speed, tactics, and for the most important part for us, humor, and we like to plot them along uh, a thousand revolutions in our Monte Carlo simulation, which plots them along a bell curve and decides out of a thousand matches who would win. Now, if we were to just put the those data points into the computer and push enter, it'd be a very boring match because we would all know who would win Indiana Jones. Uh, but it would be very boring because it would, takes my computer like half a second to come up with that. And instead, what we're going to do is myself and Dustin like to do a simulated match where it's not a part of any of those thousand matches, but it's what we would think would happen if you were to put these two characters in an environment uh, you know what? I think we should say like Tortuga. I think that would probably be a good place for them. Uh, one, Jack is uh, slept with and are on uh, anything in Tortuga. And it's very highly likelihood that there are just tons of treasure maps and stuff that would bring Indy to Tortuga to find something. Uh, unlike our friends over at the Dynamic Duel podcast, I like to say that the environment doesn't have any factor in it. Now, screw that. Uh, we want them to have something in the environment to go off of because uh, we think it just makes a cooler match. Now, we are going to say that these two characters start off at about 50 meters apart. Uh, we they don't know who each other are, but it's probably understandable that they'd be a little put off considering it's an actual honest to God pirate versus a dude in a fedora, leather jacket, whip and gun. So I have a feeling that these two individuals wouldn't just go and get a drink. But Dustin, who do you think is going to go first? So um, Jack is not actually that much of a fighter. He tends to run and only fight when he has to. So I feel like Indy's going to go first, but Jack's going to look at him and I'm not going to lie. He's probably half drunk. He's in Tortuga. And he'd be like, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. Savvy. Which Indy's just going to kind of cock his head and, and say, I, I believe you've had maybe a few too many. Now, if you could just point me in the direction of the, and he pulls out a, his notebook, the black pearl, uh, I believe some idiots left a bunch of gold on there, and I think it would look good in my museum. Yeah, and that's when Jack's going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, east side of the island. It's really on It's really on the south, but he's, yeah, it's over there. You can't miss it. Where's the rum? And he's just going to toss a bottle at Indy. So as the bottle comes, like, and I'm sure Jack thinks this is happening all very quickly, but honestly, it's probably happening in, like, super slow motion for Jack because he's just that toasted. Uh, so as Andy sees Jack wind up with this bottle of rum and understanding he's a pirate, so it's very unlikely he was going to get a legit answer out of it anyways. And he's going to quickly unfurl his whip and slap the bottle out of the air, crashing it and breaking it, sending shards of glass towards Jack. Okay, and that's where Jack is going to do his famous run, and he is going to be going into cover. And oddly enough, as he finds cover, what is it's it's a destruction deli cart. They have branched out, and they're in Tortuga. 
So he starts grabbing just stacks of like salami and a half of a ham. And he just starts tossing them at Indy and taking a few bites as he goes along. So Indy's going to see this and he's going to watch this grown man throwing cold cuts at him uh, and just very, very confused. And he's just going to walk, not like briskly, like a, a decent clip uh, because where Jack thinks he's at, he's definitely a lot closer than he believes. And watching a grown man run like that uh, just just brings sorrow to his heart. So Andy's just going to walk briskly and go, you know, I, I fought Nazis. I, I fought I fought communists and I fought goddamn aliens. What the hell is going on? So as Andy rounds around the cart, he's just going to haul back and punch him in the gut. OK, so he gets hit in the gut. Jack, he's drunk. He's going to stumble back, fall over, roll. And as he stands up, he's going to grab a bucket and toss it at Andy's face. So he's going to have to dodge out of the way. But luckily, he's going to like find some sure footing. But this is Tortuga, right? So Tortuga's got weird planks and stuff. So Andy's just going to mistakenly step on another plank. The plank's going to fly up and crush Jack Sparrow's nuts. Okay, of course, that one, that was actually pretty clever. I give you props on that nutshot. So Jack's going to be reeling. He's going to be holding them as he's like hopping away, count to make sure they're all there. And then he's going to pull out his sword and swipe at Indy's legs. So Indy's going to have to jump up out of the way. And since this is Tortuga, it's very likely that there are other like bodies of pirates and just people sleeping all over the place. But he's going to pull his own cutlass from one of those pirates uh, and then just start wailing away at Jack. Now, he might not have the fencing skills of some other combatants, but Indy is pretty damn good at all martial weapons. So he's just going to start swinging away at Jack. See, that is a mistake because Jack... If there's one thing he's good at, it is sword fighting. He has sword fought while spinning on a wheel. He has fought master swordsmen all the time. You just you just lost right here, man. He's going to whip around and just throw your sword into the wall next to him. And then he's going to put the sword up to Indy's neck and ask him if he's done yet. At which time Indy's going to like go, not really. And then bang. That's when the revolver goes off because Indy drew his revolver as Jack was doing his cool little flippy thing with his sword. And he's going to shoot directly point blank at Jack. Okay. Jack is going to look down, touch himself, and realize that you just shot his best friend's flask that he had in his coat pocket. And you ruined it. And now he's really mad because you just got rid of his rum. So that's when he pulls out his flintlock and he fires at that stupid fedora. So the fedora flies off, uh, which pisses Indy off to no end. So with one, with his revolver in one hand, his whip in the other, he's going to whip across Jack's face to just leave a nice little welt while backing up slowly uh, and firing one more time. And Jack, he's going to get hit in the face, and as he gets hit in the face, he's going to drop to his belly, and he's going to roll under a table. And then when Indy goes to look for him, he's gone. He disappeared. Where the heck did Jack go? And that's when he comes up behind him and smacks him with a chair leg. Which is going to knock Indy into the into the wall. Uh, Indy is a, is a hell of a brawler, but he's we won't say a martial artist by any means. 
Uh, so Andy's going to get up and go a par fight, will you? And he's going to pick up his own chair, chucking it at Jack. Uh, while he moves around with his arm, he finds his hat. He puts his hat back on. Okay. So Jack catches this chair because this is just a chair. He's going to toss it to the side and he's going to do his little run again, find some cover, and he's going to take a few swigs out of a bottle that he found off of a sleeping pirate, grab his sword, and now he's got two swords coming at Indy. Uh, At which time Indy is going to flick back out with his whip, knocking at least one of the swords out of his grasp and then just level a... Uh, just a jumping kick at Jack. Okay, so this lance will say hits him in the chest, falls back, rolls, stands up, and he's somehow standing on, like, we'll say the edge of a pier. And he's going to grab a rope and toss it and wrap up Indy's legs. As he does that, Indy's going to flick the whip up getting into the mast of one of the ships because we're on one of the piers and he's going to swing himself using that inertia from the rope coming around his own legs, swinging him around and just layering two straight kick just right into Jack's chest, knocking him into the water. Okay, I'm going to say as that's coming, Jack just holds up his sword waiting for him to impale himself. Okay, so might be a good way of ending the match, however... Before, I would say he would even get a chance to cut Indy. Indy would use the last round in his revolver and shoot him. So I think that might be a good way of ending the match either. Jack just blind shooting luck won uh, the fight uh, with Indy, or Indy shoots him and then is able to recover the treasure. Uh, I think that that went as well as that was going to go for old Jack. Uh, I feel like uh, you were really leaning in on the Looney Tunes part and really didn't think about it. That's actually a very good strategy. I, I like the not not having any idea what's going on the next role. And that's, I think, Jack to the T. So well done, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So before we get into the results, though, we'd like to go ahead and go into our destruction spectrum. So. If you were to take these two characters and put them on a New York City street and say, again, we, we go back to the original franchise location of the Destruction Deli, uh, what's going to happen uh, around these two characters? Uh, from a scale of one to five, Dustin, where do you think these two land? Okay, I am sitting at a 1.5, and the reason I am is they only have small arms fire. They have swords, so really it wouldn't be that high. But Jack has a habit of breaking everything around him whenever he gets into a fight. So, like, you're losing storefront windows, you're getting popped tires, you're getting civilians in the crossfire. Like, it's just chaos. I I think I would agree with, like, a 1.5 or 2 for me because it's very likely that any kind of scrape that Indiana Jones gets into, a giant boulder or an explosion happens around him. It it doesn't really matter where he's at. It's going to happen. So, unfortunately for our deli man, uh, it's likely his his office is getting destroyed, Uh, which is sad because he just had it rebuilt from last week. Uh, And (laughs) I'm sure he's he's not too pleased about what's going on here. But you know what? It's okay. All right, Dustin. So how are you feeling about the results of Jack versus Indiana Jones? I am a little worried about the revolver. This is Captain Jack Sparrow, and he is the greatest pirate, no man to ever have existed in fiction. So I'm I'm pretty confident. 
<laughs> well, you keep that confidence, boo. You, you keep that confidence because uh, the winner between Indiana Jones and Captain Jack Sparrow is Indiana Jones. And it is probably the worst blowout I have ever seen. <laughs> now, according to our stats, it is 95% Indiana Jones to Jack Sparrow's 5%. Now, oh, what I will sh- say, and it's something I think we are going to have to rerun, but even then, I don't even think it'll be much closer, is Jack Sparrow's ability to just kind of fall into things is not very well calculated in a, a subjective manner. So having that X factor, uh, I think maybe we'll have to rerun a simulation with these two in the future to see if we can figure out a way of maybe putting that in there. Because I do agree with you and I do agree with the Jack fans that the X factor of really having the ability to do anything and everything you need to in order to get a mission complete is important. I just don't think it's going to ever put him over the top of a man that <laughs> got wrath, a nuclear explosion, and aliens in the same lifetime. Uh, so uh, I, we're going to go ahead and keep the Indiana Jones one, uh, but I do kind of question the statistics, and this is one of the first times that we've done this um, with these two type of characters. There definitely is probably extenuating circumstances so we will call this a win with an asterisk if you're good with that <laughs> i'm good with that because that is jack's very strength and you can't really quantify it is like he has used stuff like a random spinning wheel and he's half in it and still manages to win a fight he's escaped with a giant piece of bamboo on his back and flipped over a canyon on accident like he's most of his wins are purely accidental luck. And he accidentally found himself lossy, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate He'll come back from the dead. And I mean, yeah, more than likely, obviously he's always going to come back because uh, he's just a pain in my ass, but that's good. Uh, so before we get out of here, Dustin, we need to go ahead and go into this week's win, which for me this week is going to be Harley Quinn. Uh, off the backs of Margot Robbie's multiple winning movies here lately. Uh, if you haven't watched Babylon, you need to. It's an actually a, a, an incredible movie. Uh, and, of course, Barbie and all those. We're going to say Harley Quinn. So, audience, go to our Instagram, go to our email, go to Spotify, pod, uh, the podcast app on Apple. Leave us your comment on who do you think Harley Quinn should fight in one of our future matches. Dustin, you have anything else for these guys before we get out of here? Uh, be safe. Don't drink and drive, even if you really like rum. And with that, everyone put on your fedoras and we ride off into the sunset. Later, guys. <laughs>